hope and love abide. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is what and who you are. Love is your deepest essence, a wellspring inside of you, welling up into limitless life. The path of conscious love is a relationship calling forth who you really are. Welcome to Coalesce, a series of honest, inclusive, and contemplative reflections. Living in relational wholeness, we enter our we pray Coalesce will enrich and deepen your experience along the path of conscious love. Good day, good people. This is episode 89, In Your Perfect Love. I'm Reverend Robert Farrell, and no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you are welcome here. If you will, let me know in the chat that you can hear me okay, and if at any time during our session tonight the audio or video experience is an issue, Please just let me know in the chat, and we'll pause to get those corrected. Tonight's contemplative reflection on nonviolence begins with my gratitude for the wisdom of Francis of Assisi, Thomas Keating, Gandhi, Thomas Aquinas, John Duns Scotus, Blaise Pascal, René Girard, and Richard Rohr, and gratitude for our music tonight by Simon DeVoyle, Surgeon Kaur, and Paul Isaac. Let's take a breath and bring to mind that contemplation is an interior awareness, and it's a sustained receptivity of and to our depth dimension. Contemplation is listening with your heart, listening where the depth of the words contacts the depths of you. So let us drop in and center in body, mind, and spirit with a two-minute breath exercise. For many of us, this moment feels chaotic and terribly stressful. Join us for a few moments to turn inward and connect to your innermost you. Gently close your eyes and feel the gentleness of breath inside your body as you repeat these words. My deepest me is love. My deepest me is whole. 
My deepest me is limitless. My deepest me is infinite. My deepest me is compassion. My deepest me is sacred. My deepest me is mystery. My deepest me is forgiveness. My deepest me is beauty. My deepest me is God. My deepest me has knowledge to give. I open my heart and listen. As we open our heart and listen, you're invited to listen with your eyes closed, if that's comfortable for you, or to look at the image on the screen. Before we speak of peace, we must first have it in our heart. Nonviolent training understandably emphasizes external methods or ways of acting and resisting. We must go even deeper. Those methods, they must reflect inner attitudes to make a lasting difference. When the mind can judge something to be inferior, you know, we feel superior. And we must recognize our constant tendency, tendency toward negating reality, resisting it, opposing it, and attacking it on the level of our mind. This really is the universal addiction. Authentic spirituality is always first about you, about allowing your own heart and mind to be changed. It's about getting your own who right? Is it your illusionary separate false self or is it your true self, who you are in God? We are all like localized vibrations of the infinite goodness of God's presence. So love is our very nature. Love is our first, middle, and last name. Love is all. Not love as sentimentality, but love that is self-forgetful and free of self-interest. And thus, nonviolence means to show love tirelessly, no matter what happens. If you make your enemies your partners, God has succeeded. We each carry a certain amount of pain from our very birth. And if that pain is not healed and transformed, it actually increases as we grow older and we transmit it to people around us. 
we can become violent in our attitudes, our gestures, our words, and our actions. We must nip this process in the bud by acknowledging and owning our own pain much more than projecting it elsewhere. And contemplative practice helps us develop this capacity to watch ourselves and to reconnect with our loving inner witness. If you can simply observe the negative pattern in yourself, you have already begun to separate from it. The watcher is now over here and the observing self thinking that thought is over there. Unless you can become the watcher, you're almost always identified with your feelings. They feel like real and objective truth. And most people are overly identified with their own thoughts and feelings. They don't really have feelings. Their feelings have them. That may be what earlier Christians meant by being possessed by a demon. Contemplative or contemplation gradually helps you detach from who you think you are and helps you rest in your authentic identity as love. At first, this may feel like an identity transplant until you learn how to permanently rest in God. Take a gentle breath now and, and say it out loud. 
God and me are one. Let us continue listening with our heart where the depth of the words touch the depth of us. Jesus's teaching seems to have been understood rather clearly until the first few hundred years after his death and resurrection. At this time, Christianity was counter-cultural, untouched by empire, rationalization, and compromise. Formal Christianity slowly lost its free and alternative vantage point, which is probably why what we now call religious life began and flourished after the year 313. People ended up going to the edges of the church and took vows of poverty, living in satellites that became little churches without ever formally leaving the big church. And up till then, it was unthinkable that a Christian would fight in, in an army. By the year 400, the entire army had become Christian and Christians were killing. In a 200-year period, Christians went from being complete, outside, complete outsiders to directing the inside. Christian leaders critiqued the self-protected, privileged, excuse me, Christian leaders critiqued the self-protected, privileged lifestyle of mainline Christianity by utterly leaving it. Soon they learned and taught a different way of seeing, and that different way of seeing is called contemplation. When the gospel is heard and understood at its deepest levels, Christians cannot and will not kill or wage war. Many agree with the mainline position that some kind of debt had to be paid for human salvation. And many scriptures and the Jewish temple metaphors of sacrifice, price, debt, and atonement do give this impression. However, we have a non-violent at-one-ment theory. God didn't need Jesus to die on the Christ cross to decide to love humanity. God's love was infinite from the first moment of creation. The cross was just love's dramatic portrayal in space and time. The image of the cross was to change humanity. It wasn't a necessary transaction to change God, as if God needed changing. Jesus was pure gift, and the idea of gift is much more transformative than any idea of price or transaction. And it shows that God is not violent, but loving. If God needed or demanded a blood sacrifice to love God's own creation, then God was not freely loving us. 
Jesus' full journey revealed two major things. That salvation has a positive and optimistic storyline. And even more, that God is far different and far better than the whole history of violent religion. Jesus was not changing God's mind about us. Jesus was changing our mind about God, and thus about one another. Bless the Lord, my soul, and bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, who leads me into life. Bless the Lord, my soul, and bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, who leads me into life. Bless the Lord, my soul, and bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, who leads me into life. Bless the Lord, my soul, and bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, my soul, who leads me into life. Bless the Lord my soul and bless God's holy name bless the Lord my soul who leads me into life take a gentle deep breath and out Touch that center place in yourself as you continue to listen with your heart. People who haven't come to at least a minimal awareness of their own dark side will always find someone else to hate or fear. Whenever the sinner is excluded, our ego is delighted and feels relieved and safe. It sort of works, but only for a while. You see, scapegoating does not really work to eliminate the evil. And Jesus came to radically undo this illusory scapegoat mechanism. Jesus became the sin against one to reveal the hidden nature of scapegoating. He became the scapegoat to reveal the universal lie of scapegoating. Why, over 2,000 years later, are we still doing it? As John 16 and Romans 8 says, See how wrong power can be, even religious power. And in Luke 23, Jesus says, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they are doing. The scapegoat mechanism largely operates in the unconscious. People don't know what they are doing. Scapegoaters 
don't know they are scapegoating. They think they are doing, as John 16 says, a holy duty for God. This is why inner work, shadow work, and honest self-knowledge are all essential. And Jesus placed the myth of redemptive violence and replaced it with the truth of redemptive suffering. He showed us how to hold the pain and let it transform us rather than pass it on to others around us. Spiritually speaking, no one else is your problem. You are first and foremost your own problem. And there are no bad goats to expel. Take another breath and picture yourself before the crucified Jesus and recognize that he came, he became what you fear. Nakedness, exposure, vulnerability, and failure. And 2 Corinthians 5 says, He became sin to free you from sin. Sin being that separation. He became what we do to one another in order to free us from the lie of punishing and scapegoating each other. He became the crucified so we would stop crucifying. He refused to transmit his pain onto others. Jesus did not become a victim, nor did he create victims. So in your mind's eye, your heart's eye, do this practice, if you will. In your imagination, Receive these words as Jesus' invitation to you from the cross. Jesus says to you, My beloved, I am yourself. I am your beauty. I am your goodness, which you are destroying. I am what you do to what you should love. I am what you are afraid of. Your deepest and best and most naked self, your soul, your separation largely consists in what you do to harm goodness, your own and others. You are afraid of the good. You are afraid of me. You kill what you should love. You hate what could transform you. I am Jesus crucified. I am yourself and I am all of humanity. Now take another breath. And this, use these words to respond to Jesus on the cross, where he's hanging at the center of human history, turning history around. We say these words back, Jesus crucified. You are my life and you are also my death. You are my beauty, you are my possibility, and you are my full self. You are everything I want and you are everything I am afraid of. You are everything I desire, and you are everything I deny. You are my outrageously ignored and neglected soul. Jesus, your love is what I fear most. I can't let anybody love me for nothing. Intimacy with you or anyone terrifies me. 
I am beginning to see that I, in my own body, am an image of what is happening everywhere, and I want it to stop today. I want to stop the violence toward myself, toward the world, toward you. I don't need to ever again create any victim, even in my mind. You alone, Jesus, refuse to be crucified, even at the cost of being crucified. You never asked for sympathy. You never played the victim or asked for vengeance. You breathe forgiveness. We humans mistrust, murder, attack. Now I see that it is not you that humanity hates. We hate ourselves. But we mistakenly kill you. I must stop crucifying your blessed flesh on this earth and in my brothers and sisters. Now I see that you live in me and I live in you. You are inviting me out of this endless cycle of illusion and violence. You are Jesus crucified. And you are saving me. And before we speak of peace, we must first have it in our heart. In your perfect love, you have chosen to enter into union with me. And I am slowly learning to trust that this could be true. Let us take that into the silence. In the silence there is peace In the silence there's unspoken joy In the silence there's release From a world full of chaos and noise So I wait for these precious moments When I hear all that can never be said and right here in this holy silence I find God I find myself in the silence there is peace in the silence there's unspoken joy in the silence there's release From a world full of chaos and noise So I wait For these precious moments When I hear All that can never be said And right here In this holy silence I find God I find myself Continuing in your interior awareness and your sustained receptivity of your depth dimension, you're invited now to spend the next three minutes to journal about your experience. Did you have any new insight? Were you touched with love in some way? Did deep call unto deep? Journal for about three minutes.
Thank you all so much. And you're always welcome if there's any little insight that you'd like to share with the community, you can put that in the chat section and we'll um, share those in just a minute, but feel free to enter it in if you'd like. I want to acknowledge that I know that um, sometimes like tonight's message can seem very Jesus-y, to use a word. But we've gotten the story wrong so much that there's not really any other way to tell it than to try to tell it correctly, or at least honestly. So thank you for listening to that. Each week we offer you a spiritual practice to help support you on your spiritual path. And this week, the spiritual practice is called Boats on a River. And you'll be able to find the guidelines for this practice on the Contemplative Inner Being website. And I'll put that link in the chat section in just a minute. Well, we'll take just a couple of minutes just to go over those with you now. And then you can review them again at any time during the week. Boats on a River. Most people have never actually met themselves. At every moment, all our lives long, we identify with our thoughts, our self-image, or our feelings. We have to find a way to get behind this view of ourselves to discover the face we had before we were born. We must discover who we are in God, who we've always been long before we did anything right or anything wrong. This is really the first goal of contemplation. So in this practice, imagine you're sitting on the bank of a river. Boats and ships, thoughts, feelings, and sensations are sailing past. 
While the stream flows by your inner eye, name each of these vessels. For example, one of the boats could be called My Anxiety About Tomorrow. Or along comes the ship, Objections to My Husband. Or the boat, I don't do that well. Every judgment that you pass is one of those boats. Take the time to give, give each one of them a name and let them move on down the river. This can be a difficult exercise because you're used to jumping aboard the boats, your thoughts, immediately. As soon as you own a boat and identify with it, it picks up energy. And this is a practice in unpossessing, in detaching, in letting go with every idea, with every image that comes in your head. You say, no, I'm not that. I don't need that. That's not me. Sometimes a boat turns around and heads back upstream to demand your attention again. Habitual thoughts are hard to not be hooked by. Sometimes you feel the need to torpedo your boats. But don't attack them, don't hate them or condemn them. This is also an exercise in nonviolence. The point is to recognize your thoughts, which are not you, and to say, that's not necessary, I don't need that. But do it very amiably. And if you learn to handle your own soul tenderly and lovingly, you'll be able to carry this same loving wisdom out into the world. And that's the practice, Boats on a River. Isn't it quite lovely? As we come to the close of our evening together, um, Again, my gratitude for each of you that comes, whether to the live session or the recorded session. Thank you so much for being part of this tiny little community on the path of conscious love. I'd like to share with you a blessing and then we'll have a closing song. May truth and wisdom bless and protect you. May you know the divine face is your face and be a beacon of grace. May you know the divine face as every face and bring peace to all you meet. And may your days and week to come be traveled on the path of conscious love. Peace to all, light to all, love to all. Sat Nam. Amen.